Minutia Man is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine Opi show. Coming to a podcast near you on the Opi Shows and Radio Misfits Podcast Network, it is And Friends. We are back with season three. I'm Ooh. Sam. I'm Tommy. And I'm Kimmy. We talk about everything and anything you could possibly think of. Tommy, what do you usually talk about? I like to talk about just anything that'll take us down a rabbit hole and start a discussion about it. Kimmy, what are you up to? Well, I have some sex talk for this season, but I've changed it a bit for you boys changed it because i want to keep it fresh and hopefully make it not as raunchy oh but sammy what do you got oh i got florida man stories that are a little bit shorter and a little bit funnier i'll have to say so myself but you'll hear all of that on and friends great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com the following is a tony lasano podcast an opie production on the radio misfits podcast network this is minutia man with rick and dave uh-oh is dave even here so i was driving in today and i'm like yeah. okay we got show prep what am i gonna do we're gonna yeah. talk about it. and then i'm like oh i gotta do a yoga pose and then you know what i'm like <laughs> no i don't I really don't have to do this yoga pose, right? Because that's a stupid bit. It is a stupid bit. And you mock me. And quite frankly, I had taken a leave after I did it last week. So, yeah, yeah there's no more yoga poses. Okay. Yeah. All right. You so too much gonna, effort. Too much effort. You're just going to come into my house then and, and make your right. it's, self at home. Right. I'm going to give you my coat and go coffee, two sugars. <laughs> then I'm going to sit at the studio. And then I assume... You, you've made Rubens, right? We get a nice uh, yeah, Ruben well, afterwards. You know what I, I've been making lately? Hmm. Egg sandwiches. We Egg sandwiches in our household now is is a huge thing. We have English muffin. I don't, yeah. Let me tell you ours first, okay. which will be better than yours, I'm sure. Right. English muffin. I toast the English muffin first. Yeah. Then I do a sunny side up egg. Yeah. Put it on. And then I put a little piece of cheese and then I put it back in the or I put it in the microwave to melt, melt a little bit. The kids love it. That's That's okay. What's yours? Well, mine is uh, on whole wheat toast, okay. which is healthier. Yeah, um, I do have a sunny side up egg as well. Um, I have some avocado. Oof, you're up in the game I there. I have you? Uh, some uh, uh, fresh cilantro. Okay, okay, okay. And and a little bit of uh, a little green onions. Yeah, I, I like you know, you're a braggart. <laughs> and some hot sauce. Yeah, okay. Yours is better. Yeah, that's with you. But. So I noticed you were staring at my calendar. Yes. So. As most families have a calendar right here in the kitchen, right off of the studio. Yeah. Um, and I noticed on the calendar it said, I don't remember what date it was, Rick got Johnny with the what's that on your shirt trick. Yes. <laughs> Put that there's the no calendar. birthdays on there. There's no wedding. There's no anniversary. Somebody's <laughs> anniversary of anything. It's that. So tell the story. Do tell. Well, so this is something I've been doing to these poor children since for 20 plus years, <laughs> decades. Johnny is 21 years old, almost 22. He'll be 22 in a few weeks. Um, and he is the best at not looking down and has been for years. Like if my hand starts going towards his body, his head goes up. <laughs> He looks up at the ceiling. It's like a bobblehead, right? Like Tommy, I get Tommy all the time, but I've even stopped doing it with Tommy because that's it's no the, fun. There's no fun. Yeah, right. Exactly. How um, Shauna? Sean does it. Sean's, I, you know, Sean's in between. Okay, but Johnny is—he's really strong okay. on the what's that on your shirt thing. So, I have. You know, I've created entire scenarios where, uh, like, I'll... The I'll, house is on fire. What's that on your shirt? <laughs> right. I'll uh, 
I'll like accidentally slip and fall and splash something in the air. Like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I got someone. I have tried yeah. all sorts of things. Um, I usually wait until he's really tired. Sure, faculties are that, a little. Yeah. But there's there's like now a a call and response to when my finger goes out. His head goes up. So it's Pavlov's dog. It's basically. totally Pavlovian. Yeah. But here's what happened. So he was working at, he works at a bowling alley on weekends, uh, make some money. And he is part of the cleanup crew. So he has uh, splashed bleach on his pants. Okay, sure. So um, I technically didn't get him on what's that on your shirt. I got him on what's that on your pants. See, okay. That's Ooh, a, a curveball there. And, uh, and you know, he knew that he had sure. bleach on it. So he actually looked down to see how bad it was. Boom. <laughs> nailed him. <laughs> right, right. And then I ran the house, ran around the house with my arms in the air. Do, 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 do. I got him. I got him. I got him. <laughs> <laughs> what time in the, what was this like three in the morning? It was like dinner time. Oh, Oh, it was just it, the best ever. And then I wrote it on the calendar. <laughs> you know what else I was going to tell you? That's great. I love the fact that your bathrooms still have the little yeah. Dixie cups. Oh, yeah. You know, the little dentist cup oh, Dixie yeah. cups. And whenever I go to the bathroom and pee, I always get myself a little shot it's of water. about those cups. It, yeah. You could, I think we would, if, if anybody's dehydrated out there, like when my mom was old, really yeah. old and sick, she would never drink. But if I would, if I would have put the stack of little Dixie cups there, she would have drank, I bet. I bet she would have. So, uh, you remember last week we were talking about, uh, I had a dream that a lion was loose in this house. Right, the lion. The right, yeah. the lion. We had a pet lion that we right. suddenly got for no reason. Well, uh, one of you our. You know who listeners. did have a pet lion? And What's not, that? You, do you know who? And this is a little piece of minutia. What's that? Who did Melanie Griffith when she was growing up? She was her kids were or her parents were. Oh, her movie. Her her, her mother was uh, in the. Uh, in the birds, yeah, uh, she was in a bunch of Hitchcock movies, right? And they had, and I think her father was maybe a director or something. Yeah, I don't know. They had a pet lion, a real pet lion, <laughs> in their house. Okay, but sorry to interrupt. So anyway, our listener Susan sent me a link because uh, I was talking about how I'd really like to get this analyzed, mm -hmm. and she sent me a link to a site that actually has analysis of what it means if you dream about a lion. Oh, would you like to hear it? Yeah. To see a lion in your dream symbolizes great strength, courage, oh. aggression, and power. She's making this You up. are obtaining dignity, royalty, leadership, pride, and domination. Dreaming about lions represents the role of power in your daily life, such as a, a love life, job, and social life. You may be coming into a new leadership role, such as starting a family or getting a job promotion. You know, it's generally a good thing. Right. Sure. But then, you know, you could scroll down all the various different things. Uh, that didn't apply to you. The good well, that have to be, uh, you know specific to your dream like yeah. you know it can have a lion that eats you right. you can have a lion that right. you know is your is your pet is wearing clown's shoes or whatever so uh, if you have a lion that you're afraid of in your dream which you were it means something a little different <laughs> <laughs> if you feel afraid or fearful within the dream it signifies that you are not happy happy with the dominance that whatever the lion figure represents is exerting over your life who do you think that lion... I'm not going to speculate. 
<laughs> Would you happen to possibly be not married gonna, to that? I'm not going to. I am not speculating. Could it be your mother? Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Okay. Whatever. So uh, let's get the uh, folks some minutiae. Even more minutiae than that. This week's minutia with Rick and Dave. So, Rick, I imagine that you're like me and you think it's important for parents to take an active role in their kids' education, right? Of course. You know, uh, we have a responsibility to make sure that the, you know, the future of our kids, you know, of our country and of our kids, you know, we have to take control of the curriculums, right? Well, that's why I do what's said on your shirt thing is toughens them up. Exactly. Well, here's a poll that this is, I found this poll that kind of is within this vein right here. Okay. Poll says that 56% of Americans don't want kids to be taught Arabic numbers. Uh, Um... In a a recent survey of 3,200 Americans, Civic Science found that 56% of Americans feel that Arabic Arabic numerals should not be taught in public, middle, and high school. You mean like one, (laughs) two, three, four? Like those Arabic numerals? Of course, we all know that our extremely, and our smart listeners know that we are already using the Arabic numbers, uh, and those are pretty much what we use. Like yeah, when you buy gas or yes. when you're buying bullets, the 32 caliper would be in you know a, a good old fashioned Arabic numbers. Now I did a little research on other things that as Americans um, know and we don't know, and this is going to be a minutia men quiz. Do you have the, the oh, jingle? Yes, hang on one second. Here we go. Time now for a minutia men minutia men minutia quiz. So I'm going to give you a factoid, and you estimate how many Americans, a percentage, believe that factoid. Okay. okay. So this is not a multiple choice. This is oh, like kind of a, a right. this is like a fill in the blank or an essay question, which okay. has never been done on Minutiaman before. Uh, first time. This is history, bitches. <laughs> okay. According to a National Foundation study, what percentage of Americans think that the sun orbits the Earth? That's the sun <laughs> orbiting the Earth. And no, you can't call Sir Isaac Newton for a lifeline. Um, I'm going to say 20%. <laughs> Not bad. 25% of Americans think the sun orbits the Earth. We live in a very stupid country. You know that, right? What out of four. Okay, number two. According to a study by Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany, sorry, this is probably not going to end well for your people here. Okay. What percentage of American millennials, and those are people ages 24 to 39, knew what Auschwitz was? Oh, my, this is going to depress me, isn't it? I'm going to say 60%. Uh, no's. You think that? No, yeah. Uh, 66% of millennials had no idea. Oh, my God. What Auschwitz was. And 40% of all Americans did not know. Oh, that is sad. Uh, Interesting tidbit, though. Yeah. This kind of goes with the first two things that we just talked about. Aaron went to the, my daughter went to the Holocaust Museum yesterday. Yeah. And they have a Holocaust Museum gift shop, (laughs) which I'm not real happy about to begin with. But she bought a tin of mints that had Ruth Bader Ginsburg on, um, on the cover. Is she it. an Auschwitz survivor? I don't know. No, I don't know. But that you know what they call them? What? Judgments. Oh, now, very nice. Now, that's not as good as our idea about Bible passages and call them testaments. Yeah. But it's still not bad. All right. Here's a, here's a question that uh, relates to that. What percentage of Americans can't name one Supreme Court justice? Oh, this is going to be depressing. I'm going to say 50%. 
65% can't name one Supreme Court justice, uh, according to a recent New York Times survey. Again, yeah. very stupid country. So there you go. Not our listeners, buddy. No. But you know what our listeners do? Well, that could be why we don't have that many listeners, <laughs> because we're so smart. You, you were going to say something else? Uh, what, our, what I was going to say that our listeners do know that they can subscribe to us on this is called the segue in the radio oh, business oh, very by the way nice, yes uh they can go to uh google play they can go to apple Podcasts. they can yep. subscribe there they can subscribe at uh, iheart radio and you know while you're subscribing to shows celebrity uh the minutia man celebrity interviews also it's right there to right subscribe there. to where we highlight some of uh, them. there's another show called free kicks with adam and rick oh. you might want to check that one out the That's car it. guys Car with, guys. Uh, with Mark Vernon and Lou. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. so lots of them. And there. I'm a big car guy. So I have a story for you. Yeah. All right. This, uh, is, uh, it takes place in England. All right. 76 year old Rosemary Riley was in for quite a surprise when she headed to her local Asda. That's a, um, a drugstore okay. of types. Uh, it's like a Rexall. Yeah. To buy some essentials. She reportedly forgot to take her glasses and ended up buying a big pack of condoms <laughs> instead of tea bags. Whoopsie daisy. Her husband brought the mistake to her attention. Rosemary explained, I was mortified. My husband was more upset that I'd spent 17 pounds on them. I just threw everything on the conveyor belt. 17 pounds? Shoved the them in a bag. That's actually quite a bit. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many... How many- Condoms? 700? I don't yeah, know how many yeah, right. you get for that. That's six years worth. You know. uh, anyway, uh, wait, 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 wait till she finds out what teabagging means, too, <laughs> Granny. Yeah. But um, this reminds me of my own grandfather, who... Which uh, name? Engelbert. Uh, Eng- okay. Engelbert Roshinsky was his name. He lived... Irish uh, guy, right? <laughs> uh, no, a German, uh-huh. a German man. He lived in Chicago, and and, uh, they owned a four-flat, he and my grandmother. My grandmother passed away. He wanted to move closer to his daughters, so he bought a condo, uh, you know, nearby them in the suburbs. Now, my grandfather was an immigrant from Germany and never quite got the English language exactly (laughs) correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So instead of condo, he always referred to it as his condom. And he had no idea this was incorrect. And so he would say it in every situation. Yeah. Like, you know, um, have you seen my condom? Would you like to come back and see my condom? Right. I just cook something in my condom. I have an 800 square, 860 square foot condom. <laughs> On Easter, my condom was full. He said that one year. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, my mom always said, and not that we talk baseball much, but it was always the New York Yankees. <laughs> My mom, uh, so I'm going to get in trouble for this one, but I I got to say it because it's just too funny. Yeah. Every uh, she 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 talk, talks about the balls of her feet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she shortcuts it. And one day I picked her up, and and she goes, "Oh my god, my balls are killing me." <laughs> so I wrote about that as a joke, and she got really mad at me. So well, she's a big listener, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm a much more confident she's not going to be listening to this. <laughs> uh, but you know who we got? We got somebody coming up in like I don't know what eight minutes. Is this a professional comedian that's coming on a the show? Pro- professional comedian. He's a television star here in Chicago. Mike yeah. Toomey is coming on. Fantastic WGN guy. So I'll be sure to uh, stick around for that. You have some more minutia. Uh, yeah, you want to fire up the uh, Florida jingle. Florida. Here we go. Oh, oh, 
Did Dave really find another story about Nazis? Uh, yeah, you, you know, know what? I, I think I have the Florida one mislabeled. Yeah. Doggone it. We got to find Florida Nazi stories, and then that jingle could be. Yeah. All right. So sorry. I don't have that jingle with me right now. You don't have the Florida jingle? The one I played says, what's wrong, Florida? Yeah. So I've got it mislabeled. As you know, Rick, I've had a remarkable career in the printing and publishing and packaging industry. People talk about yeah. it. Three decades I've, I've been yeah. a pioneer. Uh-huh. Uh, and I can talk for hours about the grain direction of paper or the flute strength of a yeah. box. Yeah. So there's no surprise. Hey, you still make fun of me for printing my resume on uh, cobalt blue paper. Cobalt, right, exactly. And Well, didn't you do canary for a while, too? I did canary. You know, here's a, you want to hear a great paper joke? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, can I print that on 60-pound canary? Where am I going to find a 60-pound canary? Oh, uh, hilarious. Yeah. Did that kill back in the oh, warehouse? Back in 1989 at the uh, <laughs> New York uh, Paper Week, I was huge. But here is the headline. Florida police discover illegal narcotics in bags labeled bag full of drugs. <laughs> Here's a picture right here of the package, right? It clearly says bag full of drugs. The Florida Highway Patrol said they arrested two alleged drug, drug traffickers on Sunday after finding illegal narcotics in two bags, helpfully labeled big bag, of, big bag full of drugs. They say they uncovered the not-so-discreet hiding place after pulling the men over speeding on I-10 in so- Santa Rosa County. Um, so did the, these guys say why they did that? Is I mean, were they just that forgetful? Um, like, they, what is where is that in the back seat? What you know? What are you putting in that bag? You know, they didn't mention. But this, you know, I'm an expert in this field, as you know, right? In, in paper, well, production. paper and packaging. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. This is a package that is very well done. Okay. <laughs> First off, look at the font that they used for a bag full of drugs. Yeah. Okay. That's very nice. It's a great typeface. You know, it's bold. It's easy to yeah. read. It's not verbose, straight to the point. Yeah. Would have preferred maybe a slogan on the bag. Yeah. But, you know, the bag looks like it's moisture, uh, you know, moisture resistant. Very nice stuff right there. So you're giving kudos to the drug yeah. dealers. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, and we, uh, if you need some of those bags produced, guys, <laughs> I might be able to help <laughs> you out. Here it comes. The sales pitch. I knew something was coming. All right. It's time for one more feature before we bring in our guest. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar um, and pulls out a name of a celebrity. And And last week it was the Empire Carpet Man, who I thought was just a Chicago thing, but we got probably a half a dozen... Text and email saying, "No, no, I'm in L.A. and I see the Empire yeah. Carpet guy and yeah, we whatever." Had somebody else in Providence, Rhode Island, right. said he saw it there. And actually, I got an email here from our producer Tony. Um, the Empire Carpets man, Empire Carpet man's name, his real name, was Lynn Haldren. Oh, a little piece of manager. Uh, yes, and Tony used to uh, have a show called the Nude Hippo TV show. Mm-hmm. And here's what here's what is. I'm gonna get my glasses out for this one. It's a little small font. See, you would not want to use the small font for the big bag of drugs label. Uh, His email says, God, I'm freaking old. Uh, Lynn's role was reduced to the voice of the cartoon uh, saying today after the jingle, after they went nationwide in 2002. Um, So he was was still on these spots, but he was just a cartoon figure. Oh, so he wasn't. So live he, on the, the actual guy wasn't on yeah, there. Okay. He died in 2011, but they still use his voice and image. 
But most nationally may not know that he was a person. And the one one more thing here. Fun fact, I once tried booking Lynn on my TV show, and he would not do it unless we paid for hair and makeup artist. <laughs> the only diva I ever dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> the Empire Carpet guy. So what is your story? So um, when I met the Empire Carpet Man, it was the year that they uh, re-released The Empire Strikes Back. The oh, movie. Okay. All right. And I had this bit idea that I would um, write a new script of The Empire Strikes Back, and instead. The Empire Carpet. The Empire Carpet Man would be the hero. Right, sure. So he would be interacting with Luke and Han Solo and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I got clips out of the movie, and I, I lined it all up, and I wrote the script, and then I got a hold of Lynn, the uh, Empire Carpet Man. And uh, Vince Argento and I went over to his house. He lived in a little apartment in Evanston. How was the carpeting? How was it? Oh, got it. I don't remember looking. <laughs> right, sort of crappy carpet in a shag seventies. God, that would have been a better story yeah. if I had that. Yeah. But, um, and so we went and, rec- and just put the microphone out there, and he, and he just recorded these lines. And we came back and we created yeah. this. With the with the with with the Star Wars music, dun 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 dun, dun. you know, the Empire Carpet Man <laughs> strikes back. Sure, and it was actually a funny funny little bit. Yeah, and and he was nice enough to uh, he wasn't a diva for us, but it was radio, yeah. so so you didn't need a hair and makeup. Man. I thought he was actually a very nice guy, but that's the whole story. Okay. Empire Carpet Man strikes back. Well, let me pull out for the next one. Uh oh, this is a good one. I have a actually I have a story with this guy too. Okay. Sam Moore from Sam and Dave. You do you really? Yeah, it's the really not um we were at Chicago Fest. Uh, 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 okay. Fine. Die, 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 okay. Die, okay. Die, All right. That's a tease. All right. So next week you'll hear a story about the man who uh, per- performed Hold On I'm Coming, Soul Man, yeah. I thank you, wrap it up yeah, yeah. among others, Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Famer. And I have a story of uh, having met him. And, and as a bonus, you, you got my story, too. Two stories right. next week. Mine is not really that good. I hope yours is better. Yeah, well, we'll find out. Uh, but we need to take a break. So let's take a break and clear out everything here so we can bring in a professional comedian who can show us how to do this show. All right. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Uh, stay with us. Mike Toomey is up next. Lasano and friends. Happy to be here today, Cheryl Scott, meteorologist. Hi, Fred Winston, Chicago radio guy. I'm Rob Hart in Chicago. How about that weather? This is a good show to do that. Yeah, what the hell, man? It's, uh, <laughs> I Don't th- blame the messenger. I'm not blaming the messenger. That's got to be the worst part about being a meteorologist. They blame you for the for, for the sun or the snow or right. whatever. I'm so. like everyone's best friend when it's sunny in seven days. <laughs> and like yesterday, it was everyone's worst friend. Yeah. But I know that weather changes so dramatically. We do seven-day forecasts. And right. I go, well, seven days, it sometimes changes seven times in those seven days. <laughs> <laughs> but science is getting more and more accurate. Oh, it does. So has the Earth been knocked off its axis? I, I, I keep hearing stuff uh, about that. Uh, from the conspiracy idiots at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going. Masano and Friends. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. 
This week on Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, we talk with Bob Romanus. He played Mike Damone from the classic Fast Times at Ridgemont High. What is the strangest place that you have ever been recognized? I was floating down the Kern River up here in uh, Southern California, and uh, I had like a week's growth of beard, a baseball cap pulled over my eyes. I'm floating in the middle of the river. Somebody yells out, hey, Damone! <laughs> Minutia Men. Celebrity Interview, an OPI show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. All right, Dave, on the phone right now. Yeah, you may know him as the announcer for WGN TV Morning News, but Mike Toomey is so much more than that. For one thing, he has been a working stand-up comic for how long, Mike? Well, this is weird. Um, I started doing regular, like, professional stand-up comedy in 82, 1982. But the first time I ever did stand-up was 1980. So in March, it'll be 40 years from the first 40 time I ever performed years. stand-up. 40. 40. I know. I started when I was... Eight. So. <laughs> All right, let's go with right. that. It started very, I, was, right. I, was, I was 16 years old the first time I ever did stand-up, and I've been doing it since. Wow, wow. so you're the same age as us, basically. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember this, but uh, the, I met you like 30 years ago. Uh, when, when I was working at The Loop, I was part of Steve Dahl and Company, and we also worked with Kevin Matthews, and you were part of the, many of those comedy jams. Oh, for sure. I used to go on with Kevin on the air all the time and then whenever yeah whenever he would put those stand up shows together he was nice enough to always include me well so the, the one time the first time I met you is at, uh, they asked me to drive you and another comic named Anthony Griffin up to Grand Rapids Michigan oh my god yes in a white yes. Honda Civic and you guys are both tall. <laughs> you, I don't, I don't remember exactly how tall Anthony is, but I know you're a tall guy. And we're in this little crappy car, and we had to drive all the way up to a Grand Rapids for this comedy jam. And Rick, you're a shitty and, driver, and too. I'm a terrible driver. So you're lucky you're alive. And for the record, yeah, Anthony is every bit as tall as me. And yeah, and I remember that was probably I'm going to say. 1988, like spring of 88. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, that's, uh, you know, 30-some years ago. So. That'd be 32 years 30, ago. Thank you for the math there, yeah. Dave. I bring Dave aboard for the math. Right. Yeah, get, yeah, give me a square root right now, Mike. I could do a square root for you. Uh, you know, I remember seeing those comedy jams, and one of the things I remember is that you just did an absolute perfect Barney Fife. The best one that I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> is that, do you flop that out like at home, you know, when you're about you to, you know, at a Portillo's you know, it's, or anything? It's funny. When I was a little kid, like I used to do all the, the TV characters, you know, that I watched. And in 32 years ago, I probably did him a lot better than I do him now because uh, what you don't realize is that your voice drops a little bit. Oh, so Barney Fife has like the two registers, the low one, <laughs> which is always, you know, I'm going to go home, have a, have a nap, <laughs> go over the is for TV. <laughs> but when he gets up high, you know, here at the rock, we have but two rules. <laughs> like that is really hard to hit that note, you know, whereas before I used to be able to do it. Did you know, here's a little piece of minutia. I don't know. There's only, there's only been one black actor who ever had a speaking role on Andy Griffith. 
Really? Did you know that? Um, I know. Yes, yes, yes. And he was the football coach. Yes. He was rock- also really good at playing the piano. Yes. Very good. <laughs> rock, Rockney Tarkington. There's a little minutia for you. You know, Mike, what, I, what is absolutely great is that people like you and me and Dave spent our entire childhoods watching television. And our parents always told us we're never going to amount to anything. Right. All you're doing is watching television. And we've actually turned this into a career right, somehow. Right, right. We're not well paid. Look at, look at us now. Yeah. And you know, it's funny how, like, I, I don't want to say it, like, poisoned us, but almost in a way that you like it. Like, here's the thing. If I'm home, like, say, tonight around 6 o'clock, and I'm just scanning through to see what's on, uh-huh. there's the Andy Griffith Show, more than likely an episode I've seen 80 times, yeah. or something I've never seen before. Guess what? I'm more likely to, to lean toward. <laughs> me yeah, too. What is it's, wrong with me? It's, it's like yeah. an old shoe. You know, you, you, I've you, never you. seen an episode of Doctor Pimple Popper. Why don't <laughs> I just try it? <laughs> now you have a one of the voices you do also, uh, and I know that you do this character is Batman. You're you're yes. uh, that's one that you don't have to worry about your voice dropping. In fact, that helps. Yeah, exactly. Very very low register and. Um, that, that first time that I did comedy when I was 16 years old, that was one of the voices that I did because Adam West, like, owned that role. Like, so many people have played Batman since, but the way he invented that way of talking with the stopping and the starting and the apparently the Joker has escaped from jail and I haven't a moment to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and if you and if you follow Adam West's career, at the very end he was the mayor on Family Guy, and um, which I'm sure he made way more money yes, doing than he sure. ever did doing Batman. But it's weird how the voice kind of changed. Like he went from talking like this, Robin the Joker is okay, and it, he became more like this at the end because he was older and his voice had a little more horrible in it. He was an 80 year old man, but he's still Adam West. <laughs> That is the first ever Adam West impersonation of the 80-year-old Adam West yeah. in history. Right. You know, we've been trying to but get... But he was still funny. They told me you couldn't plant sausage seeds, <laughs> but look what happened. You know, we've been trying to get Burt Ward on, and he's totally blowing us off. Can you blow a call into him? Maybe that could help it out a little bit. You don't want me to call because uh, my experience with him has not never been good you know he always comes off as kind of uh what 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 would i say like trying (laughs) to get him you would say he's he's a dick yeah (laughs) okay my first couple uh experiences with him one i read his book okay and when you read a person's book you're reading it from their perspective and they kind of spin it in such a way that you know they're the good guy or they're the victim. Where you're reading this, you're going, even his autobiography, he comes off as a dick. Yeah. Pete Townsend says it like that, Yeah, too. I know. Pete I was so disappointed when I read Oh, this. I know. Pete Townsend was basically, I did this, this, I and I bought a boat. Yeah, you know, right. And I then, decided I needed some more money, so we went on tour. <laughs> exactly. I sold, it. I sold my music to some fucking product that I could care less about for another horrible? boat. Uh, but it, my first actual meeting or, or run-in with, with Burt Ward um, – it was a radio show, and he was a guest. And my friend was producing the show, and he said, uh, hey, call in. We'll, we'll call you up, and you can come in as Batman and talk to him, right? <laughs> you know, and he's talking, and I'm doing the, Robin, I've been looking all over for you. I don't know what 
the Riddler has done to you, but I'll beat him brutally. You know, I'm doing all this. And nothing. Nothing. And then finally he just goes, what is this? Oh, my God. You're a morning radio show. What do you, of course, I mean, you're come on, doing dude. Stuff. What yeah. is this? So maybe we don't Idiot. want him on, is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, he also looks like he ate the original Robin. <laughs> yeah, he is. Like, uh, yeah. He's super fat now. It's like Jerry Lewis at the end there. He looks a little right. bit like that. You know, you right when he was on the prednisone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you've opened for crazy. Or you've been in the opening act for kind of a mismatched group of people, like Wayne Newton and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. What's it like doing a comedy show for an audience that came there to see Wayne Newton, for instance? I mean, do you have any good stories about how uh, things yeah. didn't go so well? Or? Well, that one went fine because he was like, could not have been like a nicer, more relaxed guy. He's just like sitting in a recliner chair and he's like, hey, if there's anything you need, just let us know because we're all family around here. <laughs> oh, that's you know? nice. Yeah. And I had a connection to him because I am from Carroll Stream, Illinois. And funny connection here. Carroll Stream was founded by a man named Jay Stream, who named the town after his daughter, Carroll Stream. Jay Stream was uh, Wayne Newton's manager, and he bred Arabian horses, and he and Wayne were in that business together. So... When Wayne Newton said, where are you from? I was like, well, this will blow your mind. I'm from Carroll Stream. So that was kind of a cool Oh, connection. cool. I didn't know Good that guy. about Carroll Stream. But the Crosby, Stills, and Nash one, uh, this is a really funny story. It was at the, the then Holiday Star Theater in Merrillville, right? Uh-huh. So they got a huge green room area where everybody kind of has their own little room where they can hang out. It was a Monday night, and David Crosby was sitting in a chair watching – uh, Monday Night Football and holding court and kind of making jokes and everybody was laughing with him and Stephen Stills stayed in his room with the door shut okay mm-hmm. and then Graham Nash was kind of walking around kind of he was sort of the guy who was sort of keeping it all together making sure everything was right before the show and he was kind of mad that Stills wasn't out and about and Graham Nash goes how is he mightier than thou <laughs> <laughs> And then comes up to me, puts out his hand and goes, hello, I'm Graham. I'm like, really? <laughs> that's who you are. So, I mean, so that, that's, I go, a, that's a, a particularly serious audience, though, for a Crosby, Stills, and Nash show. People don't go there to like, hey, man, let's go party up at a Crosby, Stills, and Nash show. What's well, it like David doing, Crosby was partying up. Well, I like, know, but what's it like doing comedy in, uh, before a show like that? Well, here's the fun part. I, first off, they were they were a great crowd, and the thing is, when somebody is like yelling while you're on stage, that's like the worst thing. Yeah. But when they're yelling, like kind of in agreement with you or corroborating what you're saying, it's hard to to shoot back at them because they are in their own way enjoying them. Like I was doing a, a bit, and this guy in the audience kept yelling out, "Far out!" <laughs> after I do a joke. <laughs> Like I did joke and he'd go, far out! <laughs> right, 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 right. That's total like, compliment. How do you was... tell that guy to stop it? Because <laughs> yeah, right. he's actually t- saying he's liking what you're doing. John Denver apparently uh, in the audience that night. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So um, Dave and I have both been guests on uh, on WGN-TV Morning News, which uh, should give our listeners an idea of how newsy your show is because <laughs> you've had us on. Um, but you, Mike, you do all sorts of things on that show. You're, you're of course, famous for your uh, Eddie and Jobo. I believe you right. are Eddie 
in the Jobo combination. Yeah. Yeah. Hoover's. Jeff Hoover's is Jobo. Uh, but you've done uh, parody songs, uh, sportscaster. You know, you're you've done all sorts of character bits. What what is your favorite thing that you do on that show? Um, it's weird because, like you said, like that the first year that I started doing stuff on the show, I was always. I was creating characters, you know, some of them stuck, some of them didn't. And every once in a while we tried to introduce new ones. But um, I think what I have the, the most fun with um, is the vampire character, oh, yes. uh, Greg the Vampire. But the problem with that is, you know, it's kind of a pain in the butt to, to do the makeup every time. It's not a great makeup job, but it still takes time to put right. it on and take it off. But that's the most fun. And I also do President William Henry Harrison, who was only president for 32 days. And... Uh, and we always do them on, on President's Day and, and stuff like that. That one's always fun to me because he's kind of like a smart-ass like, nightclub comedian. So that's kind of a fun you know, outlet. To... You know, like, just like the real guy was. Well, yeah. Does anybody know really what he sounded like? No, of course not. And that's right. why I, it's exactly why I do it. It's like, <laughs> right. uh, okay, maybe he sounded like that. I think we have to take you with your word. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you hey, hear my... Hanging on the wall. <laughs> you want to hear my John Adams? Hey, how you doing? I'm John Adams. <laughs> my God. That is the best Adams. <laughs> it's really nice. You know what I love about your show? Please also, don't encourage Everybody me. seems to love each other, and you guys get along now. That could be all a TV facade. Right. But, you know, it looks like you guys really get along and you're happy and you're like each other and i mean is that true i mean i'm sure it is right i i would say that it that it's true and and you know and it's just pure luck that it worked out that way you know i mean when you think about the core of the show being you know larry and robin and paul they all just started around the same time and when the show was getting off the ground they were there and who knew that they would have such great chemistry and each one of them also be so strong right you know yeah, they have, they so have funny. three of them. Yeah. You know, having uh, worked in the media for many years and having met many newscasters, most of them not so funny. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. And they take themselves very seriously. And those guys at least have figured out a way to appear to not take themselves seriously on the air, which I, I, I give them exactly. a lot of credit for. And- and in that, the event that something does break that's pretty serious or pretty hard uh hitting news they can switch on a dime yeah. and and deliver it as any other station could or would right. so it's it's really a, a a really rare thing yeah 13 dying terrible car accident hey barney fife is here how are you <laughs> oh my god you don't know how many times things change on the fly and i'm doing my wacky sports character and in getting ready to do the sports and hearing some horrible story going Please don't come out of this <laughs> to me. Like, hey, you know, uh, George Bitterwald is seventy-five today. <laughs> you know, and it never does. You know, there always is always a way to to buffer things or or just remove something if it's not appropriate for the moment. So after um, after all those years of working as a stand-up and having uh, like a regular Monday through Friday come into the radio or TV station job, is that kind of a relief for you? Do you do you enjoy it, or do you kind of miss the danger of stand-up? Yes, starvation. The danger of starvation. <laughs> um, good point. I, no, I love uh, the the relief aspect of it and having a, a regular job, which which I also will say I love going to. But now, you know, I also have the opportunity to be more selective with the stand-up gigs. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like when that's all you have, you don't say no. You know, and you're working a lot of 
can I say shitholes? Yeah, you can say shit. Working a lot, you work a lot of shitholes, you know. So now, if you see that I'm performing somewhere, you know it's because I, I really do want to be there and, and look forward to it. And you and you need a new boat. Yeah, just like Pete Townsend. You're hanging out with Pete Townsend. Well, I need a new boat, so I'm going to do a couple gigs. <laughs> right. At, at, the Rabin- yeah, at the Rabinowitz hey, Nursing Home, you know. Uh, you know, uh, GN, GN just got sold. or they're, is, it, is it sold or in the yeah. process of selling? Yeah, is it sold. going through? Um, yeah, it has definitely gone through, and the, the new owners are, are well into their, their, their ownership here. And it's uh, it's going well. Okay. I mean, the the thing that I can say is, you know, we're part of a show that that does very well, right? With, with ratings, and it's very popular. So, you know, there's no reason to expect that anyone would want to come in and and you know screw around, change it drastically. As long as the so green is still rolling in, everything yeah. is fine. <laughs> so sure, as long as it's doing well, you don't need to fix it. So, anything you, you'd like to plug or promote before we go? Because uh, any shitholes are you playing? Any shitholes coming up? <laughs> you got any big gigs coming up? I do have a show on the. I'm going to get this right. The 27th of this month um, at the Tivoli Theater. It's a benefit show uh, to help raise money for uh, to fight cancer. Oh. So now, if you don't come, you really feel like yeah. An ass. <laughs> Thanks. That's right. going to put the extra. By on not us. coming, you love. You're cancer. saying you 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 choose yeah you choose not to fight cancer. Yeah, you are pro cancer if you don't go to this <laughs> show. Well, yeah, right, right, exactly. Well, you appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I know you stayed a little later there at the office and and, and what time chatted do you, to us. What time do you wake up in the morning? To go? When do you have to be at the studio? Uh, I don't. I don't have to get up as early as everybody else because I don't go on the air until nine. Oh. So as long as I get here early enough to get everything ready for nine. I'm good. I usually get here around six thirty, so I get up about four thirty in the morning. No, oh, that's that's sleeping in. You know, whenever Rick and I are on the show, we always bring bagels. Yeah. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, and, and if those shares. haven't made it to you, um, yeah, which good. it sounds like it hasn't. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, you got, you got somebody roaming the halls there, stealing all of your bagels. It's probably Hoover. Hoover yes. is probably bringing them home, probably. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> That's very, very popular around here. And when I say that, I mean food. Yes, exactly. Free food, especially. Well, th- <laughs> right. Thanks a lot, buddy. We really appreciate thanks, your time. Mike. Thanks for sticking around. Oh, and uh, Keep up the good work on the show. We really enjoy it. Thank you so much. Good talk to you guys. All right, bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, what a Mike. Great. And for those of us in Chicago, that well, that you know, GN's no longer on every cable channel. Yeah, I don't right? think so, no. Um, they really, that news show is... It's number one. It's the best. It, it beats really, Good Morning America right, right. in Chicago. It beats the Today Show in Chicago. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, the top show. And it, and it, and they do do a 95% of the time a great job transitioning from some horrible car crash into humor. Right. Every once in a while, there's a little <laughs> bit of a blunder, but generally speaking, they're pretty good at it. But thanks again to, to Mike Timmy. Also, special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H, shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. 
And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutiaman. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Steve Baskerville. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm going to show you my doodle. <laughs> can you see my doodle from where no. you are? You know who else would? Walter Jacobson would doodle. And his doodle one day was close to my doodle. <laughs> he, uh, so you've seen his doodle. Sure. Uh, He's seen your doodle. He's seen my doodle more than one day. <laughs> Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to you, an Opie show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. From Bandstand to Gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, while Lou is on assignment, I'll be joined by nationally recognized Buick specialist Bill Kubik for a wide-ranging discussion about our favorite topic, cars. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me for this special episode of the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.